Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, this is The Ramsey Show. It's where we help you win in your life, specifically winning with your money, your work, and your relationships. 888-825-5225 is the phone number to jump in. It's toll-free, America. 888-825-5225. I'm Ken Coleman. George Campbell joins me. George is our money expert, and I'm your work expert today. So those two things go together a lot. So if you've got any work questions, if you're wondering about why you've been passed over, want to get promoted, you're feeling stuck, not sure which way to go in your career, you want to add some money financial uh, to your uh, baby steps, rather, uh, due to extra work, I'm here to answer any work-related questions as well. So come one, come all. We'd love to talk to you. Nicole starts us off this hour in Dallas, Texas. No, Nicole, how can we help? Hi, guys. Thank you guys so much for taking my call today. Um, so this is kind of what's going on. Um, my dad, unfortunately, relapsed on meth, um, and he was supposed to take over my grandfather's business. And with the relapse, my grandfather came to my husband and I and said, would you guys be willing to do this when I pass? He's in his 80s. Um, and the business is probably worth 3 to $5 million. And I just want to know what I can do to protect this business um, and from the crazy family and grow the wealth and, and be successful. Okay. So do you want to take over? Sounds like you do. Yeah, so I'm actually a nurse, um, and my husband was active duty military. He just retired. Um, what is and the it's business? A, it's a motorcycle business. Motorcycle. You guys sell, yeah. repair? Um, so we sell the parts oh. uh, for Harley-Davidson motorcycles. Yeah, we don't do any repair work. We just sell the parts. That's um, a big it's business. very successful. Nice. Yeah, it's a very successful business. All right, and so when you say protect it from the family, you mean protect it from your dad getting it? Well, my dad and, and also my aunt and uncle, uh, unfortunately, all three of them are addicts. Um, one lives under a bridge by his choice. Oh. Uh, the other one <laughs> lives with various people, couch surfing. Wow. I mean, they're all in their 50s and 60s, and this is just what they've made of their lives, unfortunately. All right, so am I right that if your grandfather puts it in the will and all of his documents and it's laid out that you and your husband are going to be inheriting the business. You'll be sole uh, owners of the business upon his death. Does that not take care of that issue? Um, well, yes and no. My, my issue is my dad tries to claim that the business is his because he took out a, um, like a sole proprietorship in Dallas County for the name. And so he's trying to say it's his. What does your grandfather, what does your grandfather say about that claim? Um, not really anything. He, he says not to worry about it, but I do worry about it. Well, well, I'm calling you guys. No, no, no. And I appreciate that. But I mean, it's, you know, I can claim to have dunked a basketball in the 10th grade, but (laughs) I can claim lots of crazy things. I never did dunk, George. No one thought you did. That's what I thought. Never could quite get there. I just couldn't. I tried. But anyway, so, uh, this is an, this is an easy fix. This is, we go to granddad and we say, granddad, I know you told me not to worry about it. I want to know that I know that I know that this is locked up. So when you say don't worry about it, why? Do you have some type of documentation that supersedes my dad's erroneous sole proprietorship claim? Like I would go ahead and get with granddad and say, 
so that when you're gone, I'm celebrating you and your legacy and taking it to the next level. I don't want to fight with my dad. I don't want to fight with my uncle, my aunt. And and so let's get this locked up to where my dad has no standing at all. Let's get a lawyer involved and have your grandfather show you the paperwork that would override or whatever. You need to see with your eyeballs and talk to a legitimate lawyer and know that this is all settled and that your dad's claim is bogus. That's that's all that that's all that you have to do. Hundred percent. And this is between your grandfather and your father. Yeah. You don't he needs need to, to get clean in the middle of this. Your that's grandfather right. needs to communicate all of this, and you and you need to say, "I'm not taking over this business until we have all of this in writing. That this is free and clear. That we are the sole owners. That they will have no stake in this before you step foot." That's right. But this is a lawyer problem. You know, we can only take it so far. We are not yeah. Uh, yeah. professionals in that regard. And great advice, George. This is granddad does this. Granddad's got to talk to his grown son who's a meth addict, and he's got to fix this mess. Because my guess, he's not hes not in the will to inherit anything, let alone the business. Would I be correct? Yes. Okay. Does that answer your question, Nicole? Uh, yes, that does. And I will get with him and see what he says. It doesn't make it any <laughs> less oh, Wait messy. a second. Wait, 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 wait. I heard a little something there. A little sass. <laughs> I, no. No, not sass. I heard doubt. I, are you doubtful that granddad's going to take the necessary steps to confront this? Yes, only because he has given my father probably no no BS to you guys, probably five businesses, very nice businesses. My grandfather's always been an entrepreneur, and my dad's run him into the ground. And there's just something about my dad. I don't know if he's the golden child or what. And so, yeah, there is a little doubt there. I mean, right. I'm going to talk to him. All right, what if we do but, this? What if we do this? Yeah. What if we what if we then take out the grandfather confrontation piece and the grandfather who came to you and said I want you to take yeah. this business. Then the grandfather just makes he shows you and proves to you or goes and gets necessary paperwork done to where uh, the the sole proprietorship that your dad has is is irrelevant. And so maybe we remove the confrontation piece cuz he won't do that part. But do you think he'll do the other? He will do that. Well, then do that. What we were getting at is like, this is grandfather needs to take care it's of this. It's not fair for him to put that on you to deal with that, that's to what, tell that's dad what we're he saying. has no part in this. Right. And by the way, I don't think anybody needs to tell your dad anything. So I'm fine with granddad going and showing you, okay, yep, trust me, this is, it's in the will. I'm sitting with my lawyer here today. You and your husband get the business. You know, you don't have to tell your dad anything. Keep him out of it. Just be ready when he comes running for his piece of the pie and you have to get legal involved. And it's going to be messy. Which is, well, it shouldn't be messy if you get all this done with your grandfather. There's, there's nothing, to, there's no mess. It's like, well, the mess is just dealing with, you know, that squeaky wheel of well, an addicted, addicted dad. Well, they can go have a pity party under the bridge for all I care. You got to get this <laughs> thing right, you know, and you get it right by having granddad lay it all out. This is my wish. This is exactly who's getting the business. And then there's no argument. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. The key is clear communication up front yeah. in writing yeah. and get legal involved. Yeah. But I'm sorry you have to deal with this. This is not a fun way to take over a family business. No. No. But if I'm your grandfather, I want to make sure I leave a legacy, and legacy means the next person ain't going to screw it all up. Yeah. And there's no track record that shows me your yeah. dad's going to be able to handle yeah. this. And you and your hubs are going to do great. We're excited for you, Nicole. Just take care of this. Don't leave it up to chance. In paper, in writing, no worries, no messes. 
Wow, interesting stuff. Man. All right, don't move, because on the other side of this break, we have more of America's Questions. This is The Ramsey Show. It continues to amaze me how identity thieves keep finding ways to use our own identities against us. Not only do they commit crimes related to financial fraud, medical ID theft, and insurance benefit fraud, but now we have to deal with home title fraud. Thieves are using your own personal info to take ownership of your home so they can take out loans and you end up with a pile of debt and foreclosure notices. Over 4,000 data breaches happened in 2018, exposing 3.6 billion records. So thieves have plenty of identities to use and there's a one in five chance it will be yours. That's why Xander Insurance is the only program I use and recommend. Their plan covers all types of identity theft, and it takes over all the work if you become a victim. Visit Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm Ken Coleman. George Campbell joins me this hour. The phone number is 888-825-5225, 888 Five two two five. Before we get to the calls, it's time for our neighborly question of the day. Brought to you by, of course, Neighborly, your hub for home services. If you need work done on your home or yard, but you don't know where to start or who to trust, Neighborly is the answer. Find all the help you need at neighborly.com slash Ramsey. That's neighborly.com slash Ramsey. Today's question comes from Alan in Georgia. Should I leave my family's business? Although I get a, a lot of great experience there, I've noticed it struggles to pay the techs and owners what they deserve and cover expenses. There is also lots of debt that hasn't been addressed. I have helped support it with my own income, and hiring feels impossible due to these challenges. I could find a job making a similar salary, but feel guilty as if I'm running from the problem. On the other hand, I don't feel I have the capability to fix the problem either. Thank you for your time. There's your answer, Alan. Oof. Because you don't have the capability to fix the problem, it is no longer your problem. And thus, no guilt. you got to move on. Because this is quickly going to turn into a lot of, um, a lot of bitterness, a lot of uh, resentment. And all of a sudden, Thanksgiving and Christmas is ruined, all because you just went, ah, I feel like I have to stay in the midst of this mess. As opposed to, you leave... You go do your own thing. Uh, you 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 leave behind the mess that you can't fix in your 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 mental uh, capacity, emotional capacity towards the family that you're working with that won't fix the problem. All that goes away, and you enjoy Thanksgiving and Christmas. I think it's that simple. Yeah, the only way you should be involved in a healthy and a family business if it's a healthy family and a healthy business. There it is. Otherwise, you have no moral legal obligation to just stick this out for the rest of your life because it's mom and dad's business. Yeah. I'm sorry, but if they're not running it properly, you got to go, hey, thanks for the opportunity. I learned a lot here. I love you guys. I'll yeah. always support you, but I can't be a part of this financially or career-wise. I agree. Yeah, That's a hard conversation. I'm not trying to minimize that. Yeah. There's going to be feelings involved because this is you know, mom and yeah. dad's baby, and this has been in the family for generations, and yeah. you're betraying the family. But guess what? You can't control how they react. Mm-mm. And I'd rather choose guilt over resentment, as uh, some famous psychologist once said. Mm. 
or lots of people have said, and then maybe it got sure. attributed to somebody. But we, we digress. We digress. Thanks hey, for the uh, question. As we get back to the phones, we'll take any of your work-related calls. I'll help you out in that area. If you're feeling stuck, you're feeling confused, uh, a little bit bored, you want to move on, you're trying to figure out how to do that in the middle of the baby steps, we could talk about that as a part of the money questions as well. And we're going to get to Tim now in Des Moines, Iowa. Tim, how can we help? Hi. I've got a question today about the debt snowball. Um, my wife and I are on baby step two and for the last eight months we've been in stork mode. Um, and so as we've got our debts listed out, uh, we kind of just keep staring down that last, um, debt, which is, um, just the largest number. And we wonder because we've got a large lump sum, um, if we would be able, if it would make sense for us to pay down that largest debt with the lump sums that we have smaller debts to work with and, are not kind of staring down a giant at the end of the snowball. Well, what's the what's the giant? What's the biggest debt? What's the smallest debt? Um, so the smallest one is three thousand. Uh, the largest one is going to be fourteen thousand. Okay. Um, we've got a total of about fifty-two thousand dollars in all student loans. It's broken down into nine different um, accounts within those student loans, um, and so it's about 2000 to 6000 is the rest, and then there's that $14,000 uh, one at the end. Um, and currently, we have uh, 19000 in savings. Okay, nineteen k in savings, fifty two in debt, and that's all student loans. Yes. So you're saying, hey, I could throw the nineteen at the fourteen, knock out the biggest one, free up the payment, and continue on the snowball from there, or should I just follow it as it's laid out, smallest to largest? Yes. How many debts would you knock out with, you know, let's say you have your 1000 emergency fund, we throw 18 at the other debts. How many student loans would you knock out from um, the smallest? It would be about four. And what would the payments amount to from those four, the minimum payments? Uh, about just over $100 a month. Between the four? Yes. I thought it was going to be more. Okay. Yeah, so our we were we're on we uh, were defaulted into the income-driven payment, um, and so total, our minimum payments for all of the student loans only ends up being about $300 a month. Oh, gosh. Well, the, g- the good news is you have way more to throw at that. The bad news is that sucks, and if people follow that plan, they would never get out of debt, and it would balloon yeah, in growth. So what's your household income? How much are you guys able to throw a month toward debt on top of minimum payments? Um, we make uh, about a hundred thousand a year uh, between my wife and I and five jobs, um, and then we are doing just about two thousand dollars a month right now. Awesome. So at that rate, if you took eighteen uh, from the fifty-two, that would knock you down to thirty-four, and you said you could do two thousand a month. Yeah. Man, you're going to knock this out real quick. Seventeen That's months, according to my records, and I think you're going to even beat that because it's going to become addictive. You're going to free up more payments, but no, I would just follow the debt snowball. This is not going to free up a seven hundred dollars student loan payment that you can then use towards the other debts. So I'm going to follow the debt snowball, knock out four of these. What are the total? You, have, you said you have nine total, so you're about to knock off yep. half of the student loans. That's yep. motivating. When you get to that last one. It's just going to be chipping away. You'll free up some payments, and in six months, you'll have that last one knocked out. But I would just stay the course with this one uh, because it's not going to be that financially. It's not going to make a financial difference. And I think mentally, seeing more debts get knocked out is better than seeing a big one get knocked out. Okay. Less to mentally manage. Yeah, thanks for the call, Tim. All right, let's go to Birmingham, Alabama next. Casey's there. Casey, how can we help? 
Hey, um, my husband and I are in Baby Step 4, 5, and 6, and we have just kind of, over the years, found ourselves with a lot of extra cash in a high-yield savings account and trying to figure out best way to utilize that. And I stumbled upon uh, the idea of doing a mortgage recast and like the idea of maybe lowering my monthly payments so that um, maybe I can start taking some more time off of work and being home with the kids a little bit more while they're in the you know teenage years and wondered if that was a good idea. Well, the the reasoning behind it is a very, you know, I, I like the motive, but mortgage recasting doesn't actually do anything. Uh, it's not going to change your interest rate. It will lower your monthly payment, but it also causes you to be less motivated to continue paying down the principal. And so it'll just take longer to pay down at that point. Yeah, right. But it does give me the option to, you know, if I do have certain times when I'm taking more time off, I've done a big chunk of money towards that to where it's, you know, I am paying it down quicker. We're usually paying about 3000 extra a month already on it. And I would keep doing that. It would just allow me to do that without that money sitting in the high yield savings account. But if your income doesn't change and your expenses don't really change because you're still throwing the 3000 a month, then we haven't really solved any problem. Could you just stay home yeah. while continuing on as you have been? No, definitely not. My income is a little bit higher in the family. Right, but I think we're what we're getting at here, Casey, is you're you're really trying. The problem you're trying to solve is you'd like to spend more time with the kids. Mm-hmm. So you're not accomplishing anything with a mortgage recast. In your mind, you're going, well, it gives me more time with the kids, and I think we can figure out more time with the kids without doing the recast. So what has to be true, so let's just assume that we were going forward with the recast, okay? Which we're not. We don't think you should do that. It doesn't really accomplish anything for you financially. So really, we want to figure out with our time and with the families what we're trying to solve for. So how much time would you want to spend with the kids? Extra time where you're not in the traditional workplace. Just being home in the afternoons when they get home from school. But give me, I mean, let's talk real hours here. What are we talking about? How many hours? Probably an extra nine hours a week off. All right. Nine hours a week. So what I would be doing is I'd be thinking, how do we find nine hours a week? How do you make the same money you're making or pretty darn close? And so we don't affect our income and all of our financial goals because you guys are killing it, by the way. So how can I do that and find nine hours with the kids? What is it a job change? Is it a shift change because you're so valuable? I think that's what you're trying to solve for. Don't you think, George? How do we find that yeah, nine, just, or nine I, hours or seven hours or six hours? That's a very different problem. I just don't think refinancing and doing the recast actually solves anything here. It might mean you have too much house. It gets so, you the nine hours, but it hurts you in other ways. Let's get to the root of the problem before just yeah. moving around the debt a little bit. Yeah, I think that's the way to go. And I love your heart for that. And I think it's a good idea. And I think you can do it. I think you got to get creative and you have to look specifically in that area. Thanks for the call, Casey. This is The Ramsey Show. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm Ken Coleman. George Campbell joins me this hour. By the way, it's Camel with a K. I want to make sure you get that Thank right. Thank you for that, Ken. It's not the animal, but it is pronounced as such. That's right. I like that. And uh, very easy to remember. We've got a great studio audience with Camel us in and the Coleman. lobby. Camel and Coleman. We it's sound like, a, like the worst law firm ever. <laughs> we're like the law firm, you know, like in Rainmaker. You know, we're just trying to win the first case. That's all it takes. By the way, do you know that movie, The Rainmaker? It's been a while. Uh, mm-hmm. I was probably a toddler, but, you yeah. know. I mentioned it on the show yesterday with Rachel Cruz. 
Never heard of it. Your references are, She you acted know, like I was a grandpa. They're a bit dated. We can all admit that. <laughs> Does that mean that I'm dated? No, you're classic. That's how I look at you. Oh. Timeless. Look at how he spins, folks. Nobody. George should run for Congress. That was just absolutely effortless there. Didn't sprain an ankle at all. Well done, my friend, <laughs> as always. Shall we help, Melissa? I hope so. All right. Melissa, how can we help? Hello. Hello, guys. Um, Thank you. I'm I'm so grateful to get your advice today. All right. Well, let's see if it's any Um, good. We don't know yet. (laughs) So I am new to the Ramsey show. Um, I've been binge watching for about two months. And what I'm realizing, well, first of all, we're on baby step number two. And what I'm realizing as I listen to you guys is that I haven't, we haven't been putting nearly enough into our 401ks. And so I'm trying to concentrate on baby number two, but I'm nervous for the advice of stopping right. my investing because I feel like I'm 46 years old and sure. I feel like I'm already behind. Yep. And so it makes me nervous that I'm going to be in trouble at retirement. Well, your nerves are justified, but there's a reason why we do it, George. Absolutely. Well, tell us about your nest egg. What's in there now between the, the household? Um, so I have, um, 134,000 in my 401k. Um, and I also have a, an IRA from a previous job and that's got 104,000 in it, but I'm not adding to that one. So it's just, you know, sitting there, hopefully growing. Okay. And then my husband has about 80,000 in his, um, his 401k. Okay. So that's not nothing. I mean, you could be it's working not another... Nothing, but it's not... <laughs> It's not enough. It's retirement, I don't think. Well, I, I thought, don't know. Well, it's not right now, but compound growth is going to work its magic over the next 15 to 20 years of your careers. And by the way, if you're listening sure. to this show, we're going to up your investing and there's going to be catch-up contributions and you're going to start to make leaps and oh, bounds on the investing that's side. That's what I'm nervous about. But okay. first, we got we to gotta eat our vegetables and that's getting out of debt. Yes. So how much okay. debt do you have? Um. Counting the mortgage, uh, two hundred and twenty-six thousand. Take out the mortgage. Let's focus um, on baby step two. What's the consumer debt? Um, so, if you have a calculator, two hundred twenty-six thousand minus um, one hundred eighty thousand. Okay, so you have forty-six in consumer debt. What does that make up of? What's in there? Um, we have two cars, um, and then two credit cards. One of the credit cards is very small. I'll be paying that off by January. Okay. And what's the household income? Um, my husband and I together, um, we make about uh, $210,000 a year. Oh, after heck yeah. taxes and insurance nice. and all that stuff. After taxes. We bring home about $10,000 a month. No, okay. no, no, no. Two ten a year is the salary. We bring home about 10000 a month after taxes and insurance and 401k investments and all of that stuff. Okay. And how much are you currently investing? What percentage? I invest. I invest six um, percent at my job, and then my employer matches four percent. And then my husband is—he's <laughs> only investing four percent at his job. Okay, so here's the encouragement: if you follow this plan, we're going to get you out of this muck and mire and cycle of investing measly percentages like four and six percent, and we're going to like triple yeah. that. You see what okay. that does? If both of you get up to 15% of that amazing income, that's going to be thousands of dollars more a year you're investing that are going to be working for you with compound growth. Okay. So you're not going to fall behind. So 15% of each of our incomes, not the how, it's not just 15% of that. Well, think about it this way. 15% of your income yeah. plus 15% of his income becomes 15% of your household income. 
So it's the same amount. Okay. You know, hundred thousand dollars, fifteen percent is fifteen grand. So if each of you make fifty, you invest fifteen percent. It's still going to add up to that fifteen grand. I'm curious what okay. kind of debt you have on the car. Um, how much do you have any equity in those cars at all? Um, yeah, quite a bit. I think um, I have one car that um, we owe about fifteen thousand, and it. Kelly Blue Book is showing about twenty four thousand for um, private party sale. Mm-hmm. Um, the other car we probably owe exactly what it's worth, about thirteen thousand. All right, here's a crazy idea. I don't know if George agrees with Please me on this. Don't get rid of my car. Don't get rid of my car. Please you don't have no. to. You don't have to. I mean, you guys make enough income to where you can pay this off. But you you approach this with the idea. You're brand new to us, right? You've been binge watching videos, yeah. and you're nervous about uh, pausing. The retirement savings, right? Yes. You're nervous about it. Yes. So if you want to speed it up, you sell the cars. You don't have to. You guys make enough money where you can pay those cars off. But if you wanted to speed mm-hmm. up the timeline, I don't think it's too aggressive to say, uh, I sell I sell the cars. Or at least sell one of them. The one that I've got a lot of mm-hmm. equity in. And uh, you said you got about 15000 of equity in it, I think you said. Something like that. Uh you know that's a uh, about, de- about ten thousand in the one car. Yeah. Oh, ten thousand one. But I mean, there's a lot of decent cars out there for ten thousand dollars, and you get a right. nice car, nice ten thousand dollar car. Boom, that car payment is gone. That money goes towards paying everything else off. That is the snowball, as you understand it. Yes, you understand how we 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 move those payments. I'm saying you could speed this timeline up, thus speeding up the amount mm-hmm. of time that you're pausing. Am I wrong, George, in saying that? No, you're, I, I don't I think feel that's that. too I would still pause investing on top of that. But here's the thing. Oh, because she was so against selling the car, it tells me, all right, well, then you're backed into the corner of having to pause investing that's if you want to get out of debt. That's here's right. the good news, Melissa. You pause investing, making 210 all being thrown at the debt, every single piece yeah, of margin you have, fast. you're gone in six months. You got rid of this debt, and now we upped our investing. And can I share some numbers? I've been crunching them over here while Ken was babbling on. Oh, you ready for this? Yeah, That's why I babble. Okay, so you have 318000 in your nest egg. 318, right? You're 46, yeah. you have 318 total. If you invested nothing else, $0 for the rest of your life, and you had an average annual return of 10%, which is the average we've seen with the S&P 500, you guys would have $1.5 yeah. million dollars at 62. That's good, right? One point five million ain't bad. I mean, it's it's wonderful. I just don't know if it's enough to. Well, how about this, Melissa? Twenty years after retirement, we're not going to do zero dollars in investing. What's going to happen is six months from now, we take fifteen percent of two ten. Well, now we're cooking with gas. That's twenty six twenty five a month you're throwing to investments. Now at sixty two, you have two point eight million dollars. Is that better? Okay, that that sounds much better. You just (laughs) added one point three million by following the Ramsey plan. And all I'm asking you to do is for six months, just trust us and bring yeah. investing down to zero. Six months. Okay. Do you trust me? I feel like Aladdin right now. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, George, <laughs> no, she's... No, I a- totally trust you. I, wow. And that's I, if, by I the way, I wouldn't you. trust I you after two months. Sure. That's if your income never goes up and you guys just totally hang, hang up the hat at 62. Yeah. Okay. And so the chances are when you get to 62, okay. you're going to have even more money than that. Or we could still be playing this game. You could be calling the show. Ken's going to be ancient by then. When and, still, and by the way, still babbling. And still babbling, yeah. but still very fashionable. Mm. And we'll be having the same conversation of yeah. you going, I'm worried about pausing investing. We've invested in four, <laughs> 4%. 4%. We hey, still have the debt. I don't want to Melissa, this make is, the sacrifice. George just laid out the long game for you. You're playing the long game. Investing for retirement is the long game, right? Okay. Yes. So, yes. so you have to approach it that way. And so this is a okay. short-term so pause. after I finish baby step, then I go 15% on... I know. It's baby step two. Yeah. You got, you're got you still in baby step two. 
Well, once you finish the baby yeah. step two, you're going to put three to six months emergency fund in the bank, and that's your emergency fund. Now we pick back up with the with the fifteen percent, okay. and that may feel an eons okay. away. We're really talking about Not twelve if we months. Sell total. one of them cars, maybe both of them. That's Ken all really I'm hates your cars, Melissa. I don't hate your cars. <laughs> I just know that. Listen, well, I'm also I'm also cash flowing uh, my son's college, so money is super tight. So mm, it's just kind of. I get it totally. But guess what saves you money? Selling the cars. Car. What's you crazy have, is what, later on quick, down the line, you can you can buy more cars. You can't real quick, Melissa. What is your combined car payments between two, both cars? Uh, seven hundred and eighty. Hey, oh, give me the tums, James. Where's my tums? Seven hundred dollars a month. You said times are tight. Sell the cars. Ken's always jonesing for those tums. Well, when I hear $700 car payment, what else am I supposed to have? Maalox? That could do the trick. Milk of magnesia? Gosh. What is the product? Pepto? I don't know. We'll figure it out during the commercial break and let you know when we come back. This is The Ramsey Show. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm Ken Coleman, joined by George Camel. The phone number for you to jump in is 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. And George and I were talking during the break, and and when you when you sit in uh, for a legend, an icon, Dave Ramsey, as the Ramsey personalities do uh, on a regular basis, and we take your calls on money, and we've all taught the classes you know, I'm not I'm not a a, a money focused personality. Obviously, I'm in the workspace, um, but we have George, we've got Rachel, and we've got Jade all in the money space. And there's just so much to be learned, so much to talk about from a money standpoint. And George's new book is coming out in January. Release date of January January sixteenth. January sixteenth. And the book is I'm holding it in my hand right here. If you're watching, Breaking Free from Broke, and and I, I don't want our audience and I don't want anybody else to go, oh, well, this is just going to be watered down total money makeover because it's not. It's watered up, baby. It's not watered up. It's spiked up. There I, we go. I dare say there's some Tabasco like in this. There's some George Camel snark in this. How is this book different and why should people order this book, pre-order this book now? Well, if you've been following my story and my path and the I stuff have, I've done George, here, I you have. know, we did Borrowed Future podcast, Fine Print, and so this is investigative. It's eye-opening. I really want to rile up an entire generation to go, yeah, we were sold this primrose path and we fell for it and I'm sick of it and I want to build wealth in spite of what the heck is happening in this world. And so the first two-thirds of the book, can I show you how the system, this financial and industrial complex, is designed to keep you broke, all the lies and myths that we were mm-hmm. sold. And then I show you how it's not all your fault, but it's your responsibility to break free from those lies and to take in the truth, yeah. bust those myths, deprogram and unplug from the matrix. And that's how I went from broke to millionaire. And I, it's got so much research, so much humor, and uh, I think everyone's going to love it. So it's on uh, pre-sale now. What do they get when they pre-order now, and what is the cost? What do they get in the It's pre-order? 20 bucks for the hard copy, oh, wow. and then we are going to also send you 100 bucks worth of bonus items. The ebook. we're doing an enhanced audio book, uh-huh. access to an exclusive uh, online event and Q&A. Okay. You get three months of every dollar premium along with that, right. and access to my smart conference talk called Show Me the Money. So Love we're that. packing it all in there. And a fun little poster on 21 interesting facts about camels you didn't know. That... That's, that might be a bonus item we need to include, Ken. Yeah, that's going to... We'll, we'll workshop that one. Yeah, I should point out, folks, I am joking. 
I've said things on the show before that I was convinced were completely sarcastic and people believed it. So well, sometimes it's in your there favor. Is, there is no camel poster. Interesting facts about camels in the uh, pre-order. You can Google that though for yeah, yourself. But, but, but I'm sure somebody's done that. Somebody got to that one before we did. Uh, uh. RamseySolutions.com to pre-order Breaking Free from Broke. It's a really good book. And George has got a baby girl now and he needs to feed her. So that Buy college fund, plug. Ken. We're Buy starting to fund that 529. 529. Here we go. Jacob in Greenville, South Carolina is up next. Jacob, how can we help? Uh, hey, good afternoon, guys. Uh, just want to start by saying I'm a big fan of The Rainmaker. So hey, thank you. Somebody who appreciates a good movie uh, and a good book, by the way, by John Grissom. How can we help? Absolutely. Um, so uh, I'm, uh, I'm an attorney. I'm currently self-employed. Um, able to work from home, which is a blessing. Um, uh, because I'm an attorney, I had to, I guess I didn't have to, but I decided to take out student loans in order to pay for that. And uh, right now they're at about $150,000. Um, I'm on an income-driven uh, repayment plan currently, uh, which is about five seventeen a month. Um, I have two kids, two young kids, um, my wife's able to uh, stay at home with them, which is great. Um, but I guess um, I'm trying to figure out how to get out from under this because it's just been a burden weighing on me for. How a long, long have time, you had these? So. Uh, since so I started uh, law school in 2013. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, 2010, and I've graduated in 2013. So I've been paying them off and on. Uh, since then. Yeah, for and I'm guessing the and, balance uh, hasn't moved much because of these income-driven repayment plans and the interest keeps causing the balance to grow correct. as you pay it down. So what was the original balance? Uh, I I don't even remember. It was it was close to probably 100. Uh, okay. Maybe, yeah, it was about 30-some a year wow. uh, where I went. I went in-state, but it was still uh, expensive. Yeah. Uh, well, what's your income? Uh, so... Uh, right now, uh, it's one hundred uh, on the nose. It's like eighty three thirty three okay. per month. And then, since I'm self employed, I pay uh, you know quarterly estimated taxes on that on that hundred. That, um, uh, correct. Okay. Uh, so about twenty five. It's about twenty five hundred. I pay per quarter. Uh, that's what my accountant set up for me. Cool. So th um, there's a few steps I want you to take to not just yeah. feel overwhelmed and burdened by this. And number one is to make a written budget. And I'm going to gift you one year of every dollar premium yeah. so that you can map out this plan of your 100000 oh, income, wow. your expenses. And what you're going to do is see if there's margin after you list out all of your expenses. Have it mirror your actual reality of your bills. And then we can make a plan. Because right now, I would love for you to be debt-free in two years. How would you like that? <laughs> That would be unbelievable. Well, I, let's look at the math. That's so, seventy-five grand a year getting thrown yeah. at these loans. So now we know. Okay, I need to throw seventy-five grand. I only make a hundred, and I got to pay bills first. So what do we need to do to find that gap? Well, partially we might need to cut expenses. Partially we need to increase right. our income. Is your wife able to yes. do any kind of work to bring in some income, and you work overtime and do some more work as well? Yeah, so I am doing uh, some. Other side work uh, that makes about eighteen hundred biweekly or so, but it's not. It's temporary work, so it's not. It's kind of comes and goes. But okay. Um, and what does it look like to increase your salary in in the law field? 
How do we get to you making not um, 150, would, 200, 250? Yeah, I mean, I would have to either try to find a different like network to go through with what I do. Okay. Um, or or go to my current uh, who I'm kind of working for right now and kind of say, hey, you know, I'd like that increase, but I'm not at that point yet. I want to get at least another year in with them before I kind of go to them about. Well, I want Ken to walk you through the steps more. to take to go yeah. from 100,000 salary as an attorney to $200,000 because I think it's very much possible. And I don't want you to feel like, well, that might be years and years from now. Yeah. What kind of law practice are you in? What, or excuse me, specialty? Um, so believe it or not, I actually uh, represent uh, uh, consumers who are have been sued by creditors. Okay. And are you working for a firm or are you independent? Uh, so I'm uh, basically I work, I help out. Uh, I represent uh, people who are in like debt settlement uh, companies. So if they get sued, I'm part of their program. Okay. But again, they, uh, so get representation. Yeah. Are, are you, so are you like a contractor like a, a lawyer yeah, who's contracted out contract. to multiple companies? Correct. All right. Correct. So what's the ladder look like in, in that type of law? Do you see financial growth? I mean, is that something where you can really grow your income? Um, yeah, that's where I'm not I'm not really sure that it's something I can really grow it much more than where I am. All right, the answer uh, then let's go ahead and round up and yeah. say the answer is no. So you yeah. have a law degree, and, and what other types of law specialties or areas can you focus on right now? What could you quickly move into? Um, it would be tough because I, I'm barred in a different state than where I live, so I would have to find something that's remote or something that... that Is there a position where, let's say, it was, wasn't remote, where you could double your income? Do you work for a big firm? Um, uh, it's, I mean, if, if I were able to get like in-house counsel at a company where they don't, it doesn't matter where you're barred, then yeah, that would be something. But Jacob, that's what I've been, Start to do I some homework. Into. Jacob, I must tell you, please yeah, don't take I this the wrong been, way. I have a plan. Well, yeah. I, I, you're just a little too, eh, well. Lackadaisical? Eh, bro. Is that the word? You got a law degree. If you're barred in one state, fix it. Go find a path, a ladder where that law degree is bringing in 350, 450, 550, 650. This is not difficult stuff, my friend. This is intentional action, and you need to take control because that solves a lot of your problem right there. Thank you for the call. George Campbell, good hour. Thanks to James Childs and the guys in the booth. Thank you, America. This is The Ramsey Show.